Welcome back to By the Fire, where I, Ken, your host, take you through mythical tales and creatures from across the black diaspora. Welcome to my bonus episode. So I'm releasing this today because this time last year, I released my introduction episode. So it's been a whole year since I've been, you know, podcasting and researching. So it's been a really great year. Um, I don't want to bore you too much with the details unless you don't find it boring, but let's just say I've been able to meet and interact with so many different people around the world and in the process I've been able to educate myself and others um, in a field that I'm not really familiar in because this is very different to my normal job, my degree, so it's been really inspirational and like just really eye-opening for me to be doing this and it's just really validating to be able to get recognition from different kinds of people, so I won't talk too much, I do want you all to enjoy the episode, but I just want to say a huge, huge thank you just to everyone who supported, liked, shared, listened, commented, donated, everything, like, I really appreciate, I feel like this is cheesy because people, celebrities say this, but I actually do appreciate each and every one of you, and here's to many more years. Alright, on to the episode. The term Bantu doesn't refer specifically to an ethnic group or a particular language, but to a set of more than 400 ethnic groups that speak Bantu languages. And the main countries with significant Bantu groups are South Africa, Angola and Botswana. So the Korea term, which is one of the languages for the men I'll be talking about today are seers, and that term is Omoruti, which literally means dreamer, and they can predict the future um, with the act of dreaming. According to the Korea people of Tanzania and Kenya, the natural world has a self-reproducing order or pattern, and that pattern is something that people wish to facilitate and protect. An event that is good, that allows the pattern to move forward in an orderly process, allowing organic growth. However, a negative event, such as death, accident or misfortune, comes as a disruption of this organic ordering of life. So the role of seers is to help people perceive and so help secure the good pattern of life Therefore, they enable people to take advantage of what will happen or what should be done to avoid any disruption. Another ethnic group of the Kenyan and Tanzanian people is the Lua people, who believe that the outcome of an important event that will happen in the near future may be forecast by omens. Some of these omens are good and encourage the person engaged in that activity to be confident and carry on with that. However, others are negative and serve as a warning to abandon whatever plans that person has, or at least take precautionary measures to ward off any evil forces that are threatening. So these omens are sort of distinct from oracles because oracles are consulted to find out the causes of events that have already happened or in the process of happening. However, omens exclusively foretell events or their outcome. Moving slightly on, among the Fukusu faith, which is a religion in Kenya, is the divination from entrails, which is based on the theory that the ancestral spirits have the power to produce the various symptoms in the intestines of domestic animals, so that they become signs by which the people can foretell the future. If the signs are bad, it's thought that the spirits who produce them are different spirits from those that will cause the illness which the entrails predict. One and the same spirit will not send illness and at the same time also the omens, which will enable the people to take timely measures of precaution and prevention. So that's really cool. As mentioned, the purpose of the inspection of entrails isn't only just to discover the future, but also to find ways of evading and preventing that disease. 
According to the outcome of the inspection, three different responses are possible. The first response is that if the signs are good, one looks into the future with confidence and carries on with what has been contemplated, either a marriage, um, a name given right, or a sick person hoping to recover. So if a ritual killing has been performed for a sick person and the signs are good, that person will be confident that they will recover without any further steps needing to be taken. However, if things should go wrong and that patient dies instead of recovering, the inspection of the entrails would not be blamed for having been misleading or incorrect, but the dead person would be blamed for having caused their own death by themselves performing some kind of evil magic, which has then been returned to them. The second outcome of inspecting entrails in order to predict the future is if the signs are bad. So if the signs are bad, one goes to a diviner to consult him as to the most appropriate steps to be taken for avoiding that disease or misfortune that has been forecast in that entrail. The final outcome is if the signs are altogether bad, people are said to either submit to their fate or do whatever they can to evade the situation. Brides would refuse to be married if the entrails would predict an early death or warriors could postpone a raid. It is quite interesting though because there isn't really much data that suggests that people have just submitted to their faith because why would why would someone do that, you know? So the elders who inspect the entrails are not necessarily like specialists, but they are people who at least understand the meaning of the different signs and the marks which the entrails show. Although some elders do have the reputation of being better at interpreting the intestines and others. The fact that they don't actually divulge their findings indicates that there is some secrecy about the knowledge of being able to interpret and predict the future. They get no special payment, but they are always given the intestines to eat and a fair portion of meat of the slaughtered animal used to predict that person's future. So whilst researching, I was actually able to come across some divinatory meanings of intestinal conditions of animals, and yep, here are a few. To see whether sickness is imminent in a person, an elder would first look at the edge of the sworn intestines. If they are full, this is a sign that the sickness is threatening or that it's still rampant. If they're empty, it means that the sickness is remote or that it will quickly subside. Another interesting interpretation is that when a bull is killed on the occasion of a wedding and the terminal end of its colon is very full, this is regarded as a sign that the wife will soon be pregnant. Furthermore, to find out whether the couple will live together happily or if they will fight quite a bit and divorce, the heart of the slaughtered bull is touched. If strong and firm, it's a good sign. However, if soft and limber, it's a bad sign for their matrimonial relationship. Additionally, if the edges of the small intestines look very white and empty, the young husband will not beget children for a number of years. So this is really cool, like using entrails or using the small intestines to determine the future of um, a couple or a sick person. And yeah, I found that really cool to read about. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. There will still be an episode on Monday, which will sort of be like a part two to this whole divination series. Um, but I don't think I'll touch upon it again anytime soon there is so much out there which is why i had to split it up into technically three episodes so i really hope you enjoyed this mini series about fortune telling and more importantly i just thank you for all the support and like i said before i can't wait to have many more years with you sitting with me by the fire bye